May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. That's my very favorite hymn, in case you were wondering. We live in a culture that presents our lives to us as though life is a kind of enterprise, a project. There's all of this raw material, and we can sort of build with it as we please. The assumption seems to be that we can plot out our trajectory through the world. You might say in this analogy that life is a bit like a car, and we can drive from point A to point B. Maybe life is a bit like that, but I find it to be far less malleable than most people typically assume. And I find the analogy to be overly reductive and simplistic. If you really want to know what life feels like using a car analogy, think about what it is like when you are in a grocery store parking lot. You've gotten your groceries, you've managed to get the cart back if you're at all uh, altruistic as a person, otherwise it's probably somewhere very close to your car, and it's time to back out of the parking space. You're checking mirrors, suddenly you've got seven mirrors you're checking, there's a screen you're reading behind you, maybe you've got a beeping mechanism on top of it all, there are carts zooming by, you know, runaway carts, there are children emerging, the person next to you might be backing out at any moment, they had their lights on as you were getting close to your car, are they just sitting there checking their email, are they pulling out any moment, it is taking your life in your own hands, and usually you make it through unscathed. But it is not a feeling of confidence that one has when you begin to put the car in reverse and to back out. And many, many people have experienced the grocery store parking lot fender bender at some point in their life. That is what life is actually like much of the time. If life has reins, then the ride is more of a bucking bronco than a staid and docile mare. Jesus puts it like this. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. In this morning's epistle, St. Paul echoes this sentiment that the children of God are led by the Spirit of God, that we are being led much more than we are doing the leading. In the midst of being jostled around, the Spirit guides us through life's storms to our final destination. Let's stick with the car analogy. Faith, in this analogy, works a bit like a GPS system that has anticipated traffic up ahead and says rerouting and is now going to get you to your final destination through totally unfamiliar territory. 
and you're not sure if the thing is working, you're tapping on it, you think, I just don't know, but I don't want to hit a traffic jam, and you blindly trust the GPS to ultimately get you to the place you are trying to arrive at. Now, what is your typical response to traffic up ahead rerouting? Or just to any of life's unfamiliar circumstances? I think that most people avoid the unfamiliar most of the time. And at least they view it with hesitancy. And especially in light of COVID or in wake of COVID, we're all feeling a little rusty adventuring out into the world with fresh swagger and confidence. How do I even talk to people again? How do I acknowledge strangers in a way that's not totally awkward and either overbearing or rudely aloof? It's a fine balance and most of us have not walked that tightrope for almost two years. It's kind of scary. Just going back into social situations, making small talk, it's all intimidating. You'll get to experience this in a little while when we have coffee hour back in the uh, fellowship hall for the first time in a year and a half thanks to the rain today. Good luck. <laughs> Please give people um, an extra degree of grace as they learn how to interact once again with each other. I'll be praying for all of you. <laughs> but let's stretch the analogy. Life is a bit like walking into a party. So much of the time, you scan the room only to realize that you don't know a single person. So what do you do? You head straight for the bar. You make for the restroom. You find the hors d'oeuvres and ask the waiter or waitress serving them all about the ingredients in the duck canopy. You pull out your phone because suddenly you've received an urgent message related to work that you have to attend to. And then you Irish exit. Paul says that in the middle of that circumstance, we are forgetting something. This is what he writes. For you did not receive a spirit of servanthood to fall back into fear but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. When Christ says, you must be born again from above, he is saying, you know your earthly parents, but do you know your heavenly parent? In life, we have all, whether we acknowledge it or not, been adopted by our Lord. And so when we approach life's unknowns seemingly alone, the truth of faith is that we are not alone in the way that a child who has been adopted has a loving parent who is there to care for them. Imagine the different scenario. You approach the same party, except right at the entryway is your old pal. And he knows everyone in the room. And he's happy to make introductions, grease the skids, and help you to establish common ground and easy conversation. The circumstances haven't changed. 
but the factor of being alone in them has, and it makes all the difference. When he says, you did not receive a spirit of servanthood to fall back into fear, this is what he's referring to. We hear a spirit of servanthood and we think that doesn't sound good. And yet in this case, he's comparing that to having someone there to look out for and care and chart your plan and path forward. In other words, the alternative is that you are the one in the driver's seat, going at it, bushwhacking through life's wilderness completely on your own, as opposed to alongside of and under the care of your heavenly Father. One of the great examples of this in Scripture comes from the Old Testament in the book of Daniel, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into the fiery furnace of life. And do you remember what happens? When the emperor looks inside, he sees four people, not three. And while they are in the midst of the flames, they are not burned and killed by them. Because God is walking with them through the fires of life. I experienced what it might be like to think of God in these terms this morning. As I walked in before our 8 o'clock service, it was dreary, it was rainy, and it felt just like the sun wasn't working. And I looked up from the sort of dreariness, trying to keep my prayer books, gold leaf pages from getting rain on them so they won't fall off, and I was thinking about that. And I looked up, and there, right on the front steps, I saw our usher of the morning with a giant smile on his face. And he said, look at those beautiful rhododendrons next to the rectory. And I looked over, and for the first time, I noticed an enormous bush full of gorgeous pink flowers. And then he said, but do you see that vine? That's bittersweet. And it'll take over if we don't watch it. But don't worry, we'll take care of it. <laughs> this is the portrait of the God that Jesus teaches us about in this morning's lesson. Your heavenly Father, who would give you an egg and not a scorpion, who would give you a cake and not a stone in his love for you, who cares for the birds of the air and feeds them abundantly. So let me ask you this week, what is your prayer? Where might you be crying out to God, Abba, Father, I can't go it alone. I don't know how to approach X, Y, or Z. Will you guide me? <laughs> One of our beloved parishioners, Lorraine, is in the middle of chemotherapy. And this week, she posted on her Facebook page, a powerful portrait of what it might mean for what I'm saying to you this morning to actually be true and trustworthy. She wrote this, I need to know which of my praying friends was praying just 10 minutes before. They prayed, Lord, 
Let her feel your loving touch while she is in treatment. She writes, while I was strapped to the table, alone in the room, I swear it felt like someone straightened out the sleeve on my gown. And it made all the difference today. Walk with us, as Chuck Windsor put it. Amen.